God can't do anything. Yeah. Amen. 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 So this message will be recorded on the God podcast. You can listen to it on Apple and Google. And our summer series is Let This Mind. Man. And our scripture for today is Genesis 50, verse 20. And it's going to be the English Standard Version. And we are accustomed to stand up and read As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And the title of this sermon is It Was For Them. Favor with God. Yes. 
this mentions of the children. One of the things that I love about Joseph is that from the time he was 17 up until he became a ruler in Egypt, he learned how to serve in that season. When you are a believer, when you are somebody that says that they belong to Christ, you are going to have hard times. Amen. That's why James and curses. He said, count it all joy yeah. when you go through all these different situations. Yes. 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 And, and that's why I love about Joseph. He knew how to still serve God even in the hard seasons. Okay. Because let's not forget, he still was, was the boy that had a dream. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he didn't allow his problem to dictate his promise. Yeah. And that is one thing that we have to remember as believers. No matter what situation that we're in, no matter what season that we're in, we have to remember that we still have a promise from God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so, once again, Joseph is in prison, still having dreams, still interpreting the dreams. And you all know the story of the the two men that was down there, he interpreted the dreams. He told one of them, listen, he's like, once you get out of here, please remember me. He's like, listen, I got you, I got you. And he got out of there, and the Bible records that he forgot about Joseph for two more years. Have you ever felt like the very ones that you blessed, and they said they was going to remember you, and they turn it back on you. Amen. Amen. See, I, I've learned a lot of times, see, people, they, they love me. They, they, they see how God is using me in my life. And so they always want me to text them and call them and counsel them and love on them. Or they just have a big old heart just to serve. But what I didn't know was when I was going to go through my hardest season, I couldn't find nobody to remember. Amen. Amen. As we see in Joseph's story, he got remembered at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. See, the Pharaoh, he had a dream that couldn't nobody around him interpret. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Couldn't nobody around him figure out what was going on. But at the right moment and at the right season, Joseph got called from the prison to pass. Yeah. And because of how the Lord was with Joseph. The Pharaoh is like, he's like, I'm gonna make you my second in command. I'm gonna give you my reign. I'm gonna, I'm gonna establish you because I need you to watch all this. And that's where we usually stop at when you hear people preach. You know, they wanna hoop and holler and take them from the pit to the palace and doing all that. But there's something more interesting in between the lines. Because as you remember, when Joseph was 17, he had a dream about ruling over his family and his brothers back to him. Mm -hmm. And so it was now time for that story, for that, for that dream to come to pass. Mm -hmm. And so there was a family and his brothers had to show up. But the Bible records that his brothers did not recognize him. And I didn't realize that until I began to really research and study. The reason why that they didn't recognize him is because now Joseph is living as an Egyptian. If you do your history, Egyptians, they was the type to, to wear makeup. Mm -hmm. uh, the makeup that they had is what 
We used to say today, it was like that wing that women put on the eye. Yeah, I don't know. So they did not recognize it. And I try to imagine myself in the place of Joseph. This is, this is his flesh and blood. The ones he was raised with, the ones that he loved. They threw him in the pit. They disconnected him from his father, his wife, everything that he was in. And they made him a slave to Egypt. And one thing that I love about Joseph is that even in seeing his brothers again, he decided not to have hatred in his heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me ask, ask you this question. Do all the people that have hurt you in your life and you and God put you in a position to be a blessing, will you do it? Or will you retaliate? Yeah. And I asked the Lord with the series, let this in mind. I said, God, what does Joseph have to do with any of this? And he showed me Joseph had a heart and mind to reconcile with his brothers. Yeah. He had a heart to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. But how he did was very interesting to me. Because he sent his brothers through a series of tests. He wanted to see were they the were they were they the brothers? That threw him in the pit. Have they changed? Have they grew? Have they developed more? So go through all these tests. And then he gets to the point where now he's like, okay, I have to introduce myself. And so he introduces himself in chapter 45. Mm -hmm. 47, chapter 45. Verse chapter 45, chapter 47. And he introduces himself, and they're all shocked. Mm. But the thing about it, Joseph's is like, you didn't even do this to me. God sent me to Egypt. Sometimes, a while ago, I had to look back over my life and I had to look at the journey that I was on. I had to, I've been blessed by <coughs> suicide, death. That blows up I had to go through all that. And I thought it was the enemy. But God gave me that revelation. It, was, it wasn't the enemy, it was the Lord. Mm. Now that can put you in a posture of worship, yeah. or that can put you in a posture of anger. Yeah. It is yeah. your decision yeah. to realize yeah. that it was God. And because it was God, it should make you worship. Because the only reason why I'm anointed is because of the journey that God sent me through. Yes. My certificate doesn't validate the anointing that God has called upon my life, but it is the scars of the journey. I had to go through my pain to get the language of the people that I was called to. There you go. Preach. I had to go through it. I had to understand what it was like to be in pain. So I start to bring people into promise. And you have to understand that whatever you call a disaster, God said it wasn't a detour, it was actually for your destiny. Right. Amen. Amen. Joseph began to say, he said, listen, I have, God sent me to Egypt just so I can keep, just so I can preserve this for you. Mm -hmm. 
The very ones that put him in the predicament. He was like, God sent me here just to preserve this for you. And so as we go on and they talk, and Joseph, he's ready to see his father. He's ready to love on his father. He's ready to embrace everything because Jacob is at the end of his life. And his biggest heartache was losing his son. So you could imagine the joy and the, and the weeping and the tears that happened when he reconciled with his son. But just as Jacob is about to go, they have the time to have that moment. And then after Jacob dies, his brothers get a little nervous. Because they realize that now, since dad is gone, Joseph could do whatever he wanted to do. He could make us his slaves. He could kill us. He could throw us in the prison. So they didn't even talk to him face to face. They sent a message. They said, Joseph, you can, you can make us your slaves. It's your right. He was like, that, that's not what I'm going to do. That's not what I desire to do. Because Genesis 50, verse 20, mm -hmm. as you meant for evil, God turned it for my good. Right. For the saving of many lives. Yes. When I decided to go into the destiny that God had for me, I had to decide not to be bitter about what happened. Uh -huh. Amen. Because some things I would never give an apology for. Mm -hmm. Some things would never make sense until you get in the moment. When Joseph was 17, all he had was a dream. Right. But it didn't come until later down in his life. Mm -hmm. So some things you had to endure. Yeah. You may not realize it yet, but once you do, once you do, you will realize this was God. Yeah. Uh -huh. God allowed this to happen so I could do this. <laughs> I remember my freshman year in college. Tell the story out of time. I hated where I was. <laughs> I dealt with six months of depression and I wanted to die the day before my 19th birthday. But God preserved my life. And I did not realize what was going to happen next. Because there will be a series of events where I will find myself in pockets of prayer on my machine. And I'll be crying out and travailing before God. I'll be sitting there watching Netflix and watching YouTube. And all of a sudden, oh! And it will keep happening and happening and happening. And then one day I was sitting in my room and I was by myself. It was doing the worst season of my life. And all I heard in my ear was, I just want more. Mm -hmm. I, I said, God, I said, God, what, what am I hearing? How want more? Please get me out of this. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. I said, God, what am I hearing? He's like, I said, you heard the people that you talk to. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I said, no, no, I'm trying to know all that. And then God had to send me a man of God who would help push me and bring me out and push me into, into things that I never thought I could do. And, and he would just tell me, I told myself, I said, just wait, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I said, get ready for what? Hmm. I was so focused on my pain that I almost lost my purpose. Yeah. And sometimes you don't have enough discernment to recognize what God is doing. Right. Because sometimes God will place you between pain and purpose at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
God is teaching you how to be familiar with the pain of those that you call to to give you a level of discernment. Because I never forget, I was meeting with some friends and I was talking to them. And the spirit of prophecy fell in that room and I began to prophesy. The people that I had never heard of prophecy. And I saw God do miraculous things. And I was just amazed and I went back to my room and I wept. And I said, this is why I didn't need to die. God wants to remind everybody in this room today that you have purpose, that you are called into a future. But do not allow your journey to make you feel like that you don't have purpose. And I believe what God, what God looked at, I kept trying to figure out God, what do you want me to say? It's like this simply tell them it was for them. Everything that you went through, every traumatic, everything that traumatized you, everything that hurt you, it was for the people that you are called to. And if God can trust you with that level of pain, that means that he can trust you with a level of power. And when God has given you power, when God has given you a measure of something to carry people to the next level, that should make you worship God. That should make you change up the perception of how you're going through your child and your tribulation. Because God has given you a measure of power to help change lives. Amen. The pain of may have tried to kill me, but it also prepared me. Without no pain that could not be no palace. Without being in see, there was something that he had to learn through each experience that he had to go through. The first thing he had to realize, he learned how to handle rejection. Because I realized, listen, I never really knew until studying it myself. There was a reason why Joseph was his dad's favorite. Because Rachel was his mother. And everybody knows the story between Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. He worked 14 years for Rachel. He loved her. She was fine. She was beautiful. She was everything that he dreamed. But after the first seven years, he got with Leah. The Bible literally said that she had a cock so, could you imagine working seven long years for your beautiful bride? Oh, I'm going to get there one day. Anyway, how many? Um, <laughs> and wake up and you thought that you laid down, but your dream girl, but then you wake up and looking at your nightmare. And then, Jacob, seven more years just to get the very thing that he wanted. But the problem with Rachel was she was pretty, but she could not produce. So even though Leah was ugly, she could give him what he wanted. But he did not want her. And so if you can look at the psychological factors going on in there, you could imagine the joy that took over Jacob's heart when Rachel finally said, I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. And soon 
that story turned better because she gave birth again and then she died. And so Jacob transferred his love for Rachel into Joseph. But, so Joseph was the 11th child, but he was the first one of the woman that he loved. And so commentaries say that the reason why he gave him the coat of many colors is because his father chose him to be the successor of the family. Mm -hmm. So you could imagine being the older siblings. Mm -hmm. We've been here a while. He just got here. Mm -hmm. But you want to love him more than us? Joseph had to understand what rejection felt like. He had to understand how, what, rejection, what rejection was going to occur because even though his family rejected him, he was called to say them. So, and this is something that I'm learning in this current season of my life. What happens when God wants to send you and use you to the people that reject you? Mm. What do you do? And so I believe, and you hear people preach all the time about the story of Joseph, and they make you feel like that he was arrogant, and that he was proud, and, and, and that he was this, and that he was that. That's why he was sharing his dreams. I don't know. He was sharing his dreams just, just like you and I, when you sit at a table with your family. You just want to talk about what? You want to talk about your dreams, your goals, everything. So he wasn't doing it out of spite. And then they threw him in the pit. And then so we get into Potiphar's house once again. <clears throat> and he had to deal with scandal. <clears throat> he had to deal with a woman talking about him, and all he could do was just shut his mouth. You know, God knows you're ready for the next level when you shut your mouth, mm -hmm. even when you have the right to speak.
And at the end of the story, you see, he was like, listen, everything that you did to me, it was like he was having a testimony service. It worked for my good. Everything that I went through, everything I had to endure, all them laughing in my face, talking about me, pushing me down, it was for my good. For the saving of many lives. God had to put me in a dilemma so I could be a deliverer. Yeah. Amen. The sound of anguish that was coming from my belly in the times of prayer, in the time I was laying in my bed, wanted to die, wanted to give up, God was the biggest sound of deliverance. Mm. One of my favorite animals is that of a lion. And I remember one day I was in prayer and I saw that lion just like a and God said, Isaiah, I have always been with you. God has always been with me, even when it looked like it wasn't going to work for me. But at the same time, he had to help me realize he wasn't even about me, y'all. Paul said, once again, I am in travail, just so I can see Christ formed in me. The pain that you have to endure is for the people that you are called to. How can you minister to the broken heart unless, unless your heart's been broken? Yeah. How can you minister to people that need healing and you have not wrestled with sickness? <clears throat> Sometimes I look and laugh over my journey because I realize so many times I said, God, I wish I could have went on a different route. I wish that I could have went on a different journey because sometimes if you really want to be honest with yourself, sometimes you look at everything that you had to go through and you're trying to figure out, God, why in the world did you have to send me into this? God, why in the world did you have to have me to be molested? God, why in the world did you allow me to go through the worst financial status of my life? God, why in the world did you allow this and that to go on? But God says, stop worrying about the why when I'm sending you to the who. Ah, because Isaiah 60 wants us for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. He has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. He has anointed me for a purpose. He's anointed me for a people. And because he has anointed me for a people, I have to realize even in this, there's a purpose. And that's why I share my testimony. My testimony proves that I'm called. It doesn't matter if man affirms me or not. I love my pastor. I, I love everybody, my former pastors as well, who saw the gift of God upon my life. But my affirmation did not come from them. But it came through the scars of my story. My story proves that I have a people that I gotta go to. My story proves that God has been good. My story proves that if God can do it for me, he can do it for somebody else. My story proves that if I can so can you. It's my story that proves that God is still saving souls. Your story is proof that God is still alive. And it is time for the people of God to stand up and walk into purpose. We have been quiet for too long. Sign with God. It is time for you to walk into your purpose, into your destiny. So what they don't like you. So what they don't understand you. So what this, that, and the other. you for a purpose and he calls you 
the people. When God begins to stir something in you. Because I'm learning, because God is doing a new thing in me, y'all. He's doing a new thing in me. Amen. I remember about two years ago, my pastor said to me, he said, Isaiah, he said, you need to be prepared for the people that you're going to be according to. And I looked at him with a side eye. I said, I'm going to see that. I said, there's no way that God can use me. Especially because I've had nobody that did that to me. So it was hard for me to see myself doing it for somebody else. But here in these last few months, well, he sent me some people. They said, Isaiah, I believe and I see the God in you. I literally had a friend say to me, he said, Isaiah, I don't usually let everybody in my life. He said, but because I know that you walk with God, I, I'm going to believe whatever comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of trust that God has given me. And there's a level of trust that God has given me. But the problem is, what needs to happen is you need to change your perspective. Because you're still trying to make sense of everything that has happened. Help us, Lord. You may not understand chapter one. You may not understand it until chapter 37. Amen. That's so true. But all of it works together. That's right. Amen. For the people Amen. that you call to. That's right. And when you understand that everything that you're going through is not for you, but it's for those you are called to, you will change your perspective. Right. Let this mind. Your pain is not for you, mm-hmm. but it's for them. That's right. And when you realize that what you're going through is for the people that you're called to, you can go in can go through it just a little bit better. My God, help us, Lord. You would turn your worry into worship. Yeah. Because I remember when I got the phone call that my mother, her organs were failing. I was trying to figure out, God, what in the world are you doing? Help us. And I had some friends. They began to pray for me. They said, I, one of my friends said, they said, Isaiah, I see your mom. They began to describe her. They said, and I see angels with her. And I began to cry out. <coughs> and out of my belly said, I will trust the Lord. Amen. That's good. Because God was showing me in that moment that even in pain, He still got me. Yeah. Amen. That's yes. right. And God has been teaching me in everything that He is good. That's good. Good does not describe Him, it is Him. Yeah. That's good. Now you think yeah. you break that down. He is good. Yeah. That's good. And so that is the season that God has teached He is I may have moments where I'm going to cry, and I just want to allow the grief to take over, but you must God is good. That's right. Yes. You're doing it. God is good. Yes. God is teaching me a new perspective of him in the midst of my pain. Mm. Ah. And I have to go through that so I can teach other people, because I had somebody tell me, they said, I say, I'm just going through so much pain, I just don't know, I just don't know what to do, I don't know how to handle it, I don't know how God's going to come through, I'm just so sick, I'm overwhelmed until I break it down. And I begin to say, he is good. That's good. He is good. Go ahead, preacher. Yeah. Because as God is working and dealing with me, he's showing me a perspective of him. Because when God started to show me people he wanted, he wanted me to pour into, I said, God, why are you doing it in this season now? He said, through your disciple and others, I will heal you. My God. 
He said, Isaiah, sometimes, and you may not realize it, like I said before, God will place you between pain and promise at the same time. Yeah, and that's true. But the thing is, all of it works together. All of it. It's good. Because without pain, there could be no purpose. Mm-hmm. And with purpose comes with pain. Mm-hmm. But you got to be willing to go through the stripes and the struggles to get to where God is taking you. Yes. Amen. Amen. So next time you go through, next time you're in the hard season, and you're trying to figure out what God is doing, that I have a list for the sake of many people. My God. God is going to use the platform of pain to send you into purpose. That's good. And when you meet the people that you are called to, it's going to make sense of everything, of everything that you have to go through. And may have felt like hell, but God is going to use it for his glory. That's good. It was for them. Amen. Amen. Amen.